You're listening to The Brand Cure. I'm your host, Ashley Chimey, and I'm here to help you embrace your vision, tell your story, and build your one-of-a-kind brand so you can thrive by being you and leave your mark on the world. Welcome back to The Brand Cure. This is episode three. So in this episode, we're going to cover how to get clear on your niche, even if you have commitment issues. So whether you've been in business for a while or you're just getting started, you've probably heard it before. You need to choose a niche or a niche, depending on your preference. So in this episode, we're going to explore why choosing a niche or a niche for your business is so important and how to do it. And for those of you who are a little bit resistant to the idea of choosing a niche, I'm going to share with you how to choose a niche without really choosing a niche. (laughs) So maybe you're just starting out and don't know what kind of business you want to build, or maybe you've been in business for a while and now you want to raise your prices, be more competitive. So you need to create a premium experience for a certain type of customer, or maybe you are launching a new product and you want it to really sell like hotcakes. Or maybe you just want to pivot and start engaging a different type of customer. This episode should serve you really well. It's really natural to avoid choosing a niche because we all want to serve everyone, right? We all want to create an inclusive product or service that appeals to a broad audience because intuitively we feel like that will result in higher revenue. But the problem is that when you cast too wide a net, you're jumping into a very, very crowded market. Here's one way to look at it. The word niche or niche comes from the French word niche, which means to make a nest. So you're kind of making a little space to nurture and grow your business while it's just a little baby business or just starting out. And your little baby business needs a safe space to grow. You don't want your little business hopping around on the forest floor before it's ready. You don't want to force yourself to compete with the big guys. It's better to have a safe little nest where you can fatten up your business and prepare it for its life ahead. So for example, Apple started with a niche market. Apple appealed to creatives and people who consider themselves to think differently and think outside the box. And over time, Apple grew that market. Apple made that tribe, its community, cool. And more and more people wanted to belong to that tribe. So that today, even people who don't really have a creative business, who just, you know, are using spreadsheets all day or doing a lot of word processing, it's kind of a status symbol to have an Apple computer and be part of the tribe of Apple users who think differently and creatively. So to illustrate this point, I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story. When I was little, I think I was around four years old, in pre-kindergarten, I took a ballet class. I remember our very first dance recital. We all went up on stage and we had all learned the very same dance. So we were all standing in a line and we all started doing our dance. And I remember thinking, I'm not standing out. My parents aren't going to see me. I need to do something to grab their attention. So I started doing this crazy dance all by myself. And at first, the parents in the audience kind of ignored me. It was, I'm sure, kind of awkward to watch me doing my own crazy dance. <laughs> so at first it was just this weird thing that was happening. And then more and more parents started kind of giving in to the idea that it was pretty hilarious. All the other little girls around me started doing the same dance. And I knew who my audience was. I knew who my niche was. It was my parents and it was any other parents in the audience who would be entertained by my ridiculous dance. 
I wasn't too worried about the parents in the audience who were annoyed or my dance instructor. I was just focused on my niche audience. And the audience members who wanted the recital to go smoothly were not my audience. They were not in my niche market. So I wasn't too worried about what they thought. So how does this apply to business? The inclination is to want to tackle something big. You want to be for everyone. You want to do everything. And the competition at this level is super, super fierce. And the market is really saturated. And it's much, much harder to get noticed when you're all doing the same dance, all appealing to a mass audience. It's much harder to stand out. To be a brand, you need to be seen as the best at something. And you can't be seen as the best at something big when you're a newcomer. But the good news is that you can be seen as the best at something small and specific. To the right person, that's not small at all. That's a big deal. So when you specialize, it's easier to get noticed by the people who already want that unique thing. And when you get specific, you position yourself as really the only logical choice for that type of person. So essentially you want to become the go-to person, guy or girl, for that specific thing. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're building a very specific type of house. You're building your dream house and picture that type of house in your head. Maybe you want a big spacious farmhouse with a wraparound porch, big windows, lots of natural light. You need to hire a builder. So two builders come to you. The first one says, I can build anything. I can build a Gothic style house. I can build a Tudor house. I can build a tiny house. I can build you a sustainable house. Heck, I can build you an office building if you want. Then the second builder says, I specialize in building custom farmhouse style homes with spacious porches, big windows, and lots of natural light. Which builder would you choose? Even if the second builder charges more, you would probably do what you can to pay his or her asking price. Let's disrupt the gender stereotype and just make the builder a she. Because you know she has specialized. She has made homes like this before. She knows what pitfalls to expect, what the different options are, how to really customize it. You know that she must be passionate about this type of house because she has specialized in it. And people all over town who want a farmhouse style new home will be competing to get on her schedule because they know that she's the best at what she does. She's not going to be the best builder for an office building. She's not going to be the best builder for a tiny house, but neither is the generalized builder who just kind of tinkers in a lot of different styles of home building. So this specialized home builder creates a curated experience for a specific type of customer, and she understands your vision. She knows why you're passionate about this type of house, because she is passionate about it too. And as a result, she's going to be a better fit for you and for anyone else who wants a farmhouse style home. Let's say you're a personal trainer for health conscious new moms who want to lose the pregnancy weight. You are going to be at an advantage over the personal trainer who basically just works with everybody because you are specialized and you work with this very specific type of customer, new moms who want to lose the pregnancy weight, and you know what struggles they have and what pitfalls they often experience and what setbacks they experience and what makes things easier for them, what they are motivated by, you know, all the ins and outs of working with this type of client. And so this type of client is going to prefer you versus the generalized personal trainer who just works with everybody. Let me stop and say that building a commodity business is okay. I am not saying that you can't build a commodity business. Those businesses succeed not because they're catering to a specific niche audience, but because they 
are able to produce such a high volume of product that they can keep their prices really low. So they keep their prices low in order to appeal to the mass market, the people who choose a product or service based on who has the lowest price, and they just sell a high, high volume of that product. And that's perfectly fine if you want to build a business like that, that competes on the basis of price. You don't need to set yourself apart. You don't need to serve a niche audience in order to build a business like that. You just need to have the lowest price option. But as a small business, if you are just one person or a small team, you don't want to have the lowest option on the market because then you're constantly in a race to the bottom. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you want to raise your prices, not lower them. And you're looking for clients who will pay a higher price, not a lower one. And in order to do that, in order to create a product or a service that people will pay a premium for, you have to treat your client like the only option that you care about. You have to treat them like they're special. You can actually look at it this way. If you treat people like a commodity, you can only build a commodity business. But if you want to build a brand that people feel like is the one and only option for them, then they are willing to pay a premium for it. Then you have to treat them like a brand too. You have to treat them like they're not just a number. They're not just the money in their wallet. You want to work with them because you are passionate about that type of person. And that's how you really deliver a catered experience. You're signaling to the right person. Hey, I know all the ins and outs, all the problems that you're dealing with, all the struggles that you have. And I can help you move past them because I've worked with people like you. I know the terrain and you are not just a number to me. I've specialized in working with people like you. We all want to feel like we're getting the exact best product for us. If you buy an Apple product, you're buying it because you feel like Apple is catering to you. They're catering to your desire to think differently, your creativity, your passions, and your interests and who you are. If you remember that ad, I want to say like 10 or 15 years ago where you had like the PC guy and the Apple guy, that was a really clear example of Apple drawing a line in the sand and saying, we are for this type of person. We are catering to the person who wants to think differently and creatively. And they created that special experience for that type of person. So if you look at it at a small business level, let's say you're a wedding photographer and you want to cater to high fashion brides who want their wedding featured in editorials. The high fashion bride who wants her wedding featured in editorials is going to seek you out, is going to look for you and want to book you because you specialize in this type of wedding photography. She can see examples of it. She knows that you know how to work around the obstacles. She knows that you are passionate about this type of photography because you have specialized it and you have run headlong towards this market. And that signals to her that you're going to take good care of her because you know the terrain, you know what to expect. So how do you define your niche? You need to get clear about the problem that you're solving, the person that you're solving it for, the profitability, make sure that it's actually going to serve your business and be sustainable, and the other players in that niche right now, your competitors, the people that are already operating in that niche. So you start by defining the problem. What problem can you help solve? What problem are you qualified to solve? What problem are you passionate about solving? What problem does your personality really lend itself well to? What kinds of experience do you have that you can bring to the table to help solve a specific problem? 
then identify the market who has this problem and who would be a great client for you. If you had someone walk in right now and hire you, who would that person be that you'd be really excited about? What kind of person do you most want to work with based on your personality, your experience, your interests, and your passion? And what are they like? Picture them in your head. Think about what types of people you would really love to work with. So that's the person. Okay, so once you've defined the problem and the market, then you assess the profitability. Are those people willing to pay enough for a solution to that problem that it will be profitable for you? Think about the goal that they want to achieve and the value of reaching that goal and the cost of not reaching that goal. Sometimes it's really cut and dry, like the goal is a 10% increase in revenue, and then you can kind of put a price tag on it and know, okay, this is going to be profitable for me because a 10% increase in revenue for any business is a big deal. But sometimes it's not so cut and dry, like having a career you enjoy. If that's what you help people get, that's priceless. It's hard to put a price tag on it. But if you consider that the person you want to help get that result is going to value that thing very highly, then that should be a profitable opportunity for you. Then you start looking at the competition. Who else is already serving this niche? And are they dominating this space? Is there room for me? What opportunities are being left on the table? Who is being underserved by the existing players in this market? If one competitor is deeply entrenched, then you have to decide, do I get more specific? Do I pick a different niche? Do I try to target a specific corner of this niche? And I'll do another episode on differentiation and positioning, which are both essential to your brand. But for now, just keep in mind that you want to make sure you are diving into what's known as a blue ocean. You don't want to be diving into red bloody water because that's where little companies, little businesses are getting gobbled up by the big sharks and the big predators already dominating the space. So instead of diving into red bloody water, you want to dive into blue ocean. You want to create your own little niche, your own little nest for your business to develop in and grow in and that you can really dominate. And in order to do that, you have to get really specific about what problem you're solving and for whom. And just a side note, keep in mind that there is more than enough abundance and possibility for you in your market. And if you're a graphic designer or a photographer, I don't want you to be discouraged by the idea of figuring out your niche. Your niche is going to be powerful for your business. And there may be 10 other photographers who have branded themselves in a similar way, serving a similar niche, but they're not going to be able to serve the hundreds and thousands of clients who need that specific type of photography or graphic design. So remember that there is more than enough business to go around. You just need to figure out what niche you want to occupy where there are friendly, calm waters that you can actually stake your claim in and be known for something clear. So you know the problem you want to solve. You know the market you want to solve it for. You know whether it's profitable and you know what is happening in terms of competition in that niche. Now you want to test your niche. And you can do that in any number of ways. You can talk directly to the people that you want to be working with. You can do interviews. You could send out a survey, explore, ask these people that you want to work with what they've tried before. Did it work? Why or why not? What is missing? What they're really looking for and what they need and figure out, okay, is this something that these people are willing to pay for? And is there already a clear solution for them? And if not, green light, that's great. 
Here's the problem. Figuring out your niche is not always easy and it's not always obvious. Most of us have experienced some of that paralysis around choosing a niche. It is not easy because a lot of times it feels like a commitment. And if you are a little bit resistant to the idea of committing yourself, devoting yourself to one corner of the market, then I get it. There is a way to niche without committing fully on the front end. So kind of test driving the niche and I'll explain to you how to do that. Spend one month focused on that niche. You can make that the theme of your blog. You can make that the type of people that you're going to go after working with. You can create a specific product for that niche and give yourself some time to kind of dip your toe into that niche market and see, is this something that I enjoy? And is this something that I want to do more of? And if it is, then that's awesome. That's a great organic way to figure out your niche. And if it's not, that's okay. You can move on to the next thing. I'll give you an example. A coach I worked with a few months ago, right out of coaching school, she wasn't really sure if she wanted to be a money coach or a relationship coach. And she really struggled with this idea of niching down and choosing one because she really wanted to do both. But instead of forcing herself to commit to either niche, she said to her audience, I'm going to focus on money for a month. And I'm just going to dive really deep into this. I'm going to talk about a lot of issues related to money. I'm going to really coach you guys around this. And by doing that, she really got clear about what she wanted to do. She wasn't rebranding herself as a money coach yet. She was just testing out that niche and she found that it really worked for her. And so she went further in that direction and now she is a money coach. So to recap, you're figuring out the problem that you want to solve, the person or people you want to solve it for, the profitability of solving that problem for those people and the other players in that niche. And then you're testing it out, whether it's through interviews and surveys or by actually testing it out for a month or testing it out for a few weeks and seeing if that's what you want to do long-term. So I want to leave you with this. Choosing your niche is not a life sentence. I've said this before, but what your business looks like right now is not necessarily what it's going to look like a year from now. You're going to continue learning more about who you want to work with and the type of work that you really excel at and enjoy. So as you figure out your niche, just keep in mind that you can always pivot later down the road. You're not marrying anyone. <laughs> You're just giving yourself room and creating a little nest, creating a little blue ocean for your business to thrive in. And as you come to dominate that niche, then you can start slowly and carefully expanding it, inviting more people into your tribe and growing your community because people know where they belong. They belong with you and the right people are really going to resonate with what you have to say and what you're putting out in the world because it's catered to them. It's specialized just for them. And you're going to become the go-to person for that specific thing, that specific service or product that you provide better than anybody else can. So that brings us to the end of this episode. And I really hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit more about what it means to choose a niche, why it's so important and how to do it in a way that hopefully feels good and doesn't feel like a huge commitment for you. So forget about what your kindergarten ballet teacher wants you to do, because when you specialize and you really know your niche and you know who you're trying to attract and what problem you want to solve for them, 
you get to do your own crazy dance and you know who you're here to impress and attract into your world and into your business. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We are brand new here. Your review will make a huge difference and help others find the show. And if you think you might want to listen again to The Brand Cure, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes show up on your podcast app. Thank you so much for listening to The Brand Cure. This is Ashley Chimey reminding you that you have something special to share with the rest of us and the world is waiting for you. Don't forget to be awesome. I'll see you next time.